0: Congratulations to Michael Thomas, and what a way to do it. Aaron Rodgers on third down and goal to the end
1: zone, and it's a touchdown for Devontae Adams. Tannehill, perfect throw, A.J. Brown,
0: and Brown turns on the Jets. Touchdown! It is an onslaught in Nashville. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, Dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it, let's do it, let's get to it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, John June, and of course, I got my co-host with me, my guy, Greg Peniman. Greg, what is good, man? Yo,
1: what's going on, people? Yo, wide receiver episode, man. You know, this is already my favorite episode. Wide receiver, as I said it time and time again, best position in football, you know. Uh, so much skill, I think, into this position. So I'm ready to go. Let's get right to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all know Greg is hashtag ball is life. But in another life, he was a wide receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. At least he, <laughs> he plays flag football that way. So, um, But before we even get started, uh, there was... A variety of negative news that came out this week, and most of it was derogatory towards women. I'm not going to get into everything that happened specifically with Bobby Sylvester, former fantasy analyst for Fantasy Pros, but we just want, we here at Fantasy Football Diagnostics just want you, our listeners, to know that Greg and myself. Do not condone any actions or behavior that can be deemed as disrespectful or derogatory towards women. We do not stand for or believe in violence against women in regards to what went on with former Washington running back Darius Geis. And we as men need to all be better, all of us. Uh, there are a lot of great women in this world. There are a lot of great women in the fantasy industry, actually some of whom I've had the pleasure of interacting with. And as a society, we need to lift up our women. And our hope is that going forward, there are more women and minorities that get the opportunities like the one that Bobby Sylvester didn't cherish. Yeah, so that's our stance. And so with that, we move forward. Greg, you, you have something to say about that?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you hit on a nod. I really don't have much more to say to that. Um, yeah, it's definitely a situation we need to take seriously and uh be better moving forward. We all need to be better and we need to point this out and uh, you know uh, fix it and be transparent and no, we 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 can't uh, follow these actions. We need to start taking stands on issues like this.
0: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is just holding one another accountable. You know, if you see your your buddy doing something that you you think isn't right or saying something that isn't right, then you know you need to hold that person accountable because um, you know it it starts with us. But on the positive onto the positive stuff. Well, <clears throat> um, obviously, you know, we like Greg said, we covered the wide receiver. We're covering the wide receiver episode, but. Greg, would you believe it's been a year since we released our first episode?
1: Oh, man. One
0: whole year, man. When when that audio was crazy bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you know, what a crazy ride it's been. And we couldn't do it without all the poor, without uh, the poor support from, uh, outpour of support of obviously you, the listeners, but also our friends and family that have supported us to this yep. point. Um Sir. And, y- you know, you out there in the fantasy community. Uh, y- you guys all make this fun. You make us want to get better so we can provide the best content as possible. So, again, we just want to say thank you to all you guys.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you to all you guys. Uh, continue to uh, support out there. All New support. Thank you to that's coming soon. Um, yeah, it, it's only good, better and more things to come. Uh, too. So, more and more years to come. That's all I got to
0: say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So, we we, we obviously we, we touched on the Darius guys. Not going to get into everything that happened, but... He was arrested on um, multiple counts of domestic violence and and one felony count of, of strangulation, um, and he was um, released by the, the by the Washington football team uh, immediately after this news broke on Friday, and so, you know, this is a fantasy football podcast, and uh, you know we have to have a, a football reaction to this, um, so. Greg, who's, who are the biggest movers for you in in, um, in terms of the Washington football team in that backfield?
1: Yeah, um, definitely, you know, you got to start looking straight at the depth chart. Uh, AP definitely slides into that number one running back role. Uh, I expect him to, you know, right away start, especially with, uh, in a season like this where, you, you know, you want to rely on guys that you're comfortable with. AP's a veteran. He'll start to get 15, I think 20 carries right away, a number which he got a lot last year in games, uh and also Antonio Gibson who was third in that depth chart now slides into that number two row, uh talented rookie. Um, you know, I think they're just gonna rely on AP more to start. a uh, Antonio Gibson could have some, you know, late year value. So uh if um his sleeper price right now, you know, he's going almost undrafted in the thirteenth round. But that both of those guys are definitely gonna move up from the round thirteen. Uh so I think, you know, A P at a certain price I think I would take him. Uh, as for sleeper value just you know, a safe running back that would get you a number of carries and hold you down in bye weeks. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, you know, I think these guys. You know, I wouldn't go get too crazy for.
0: Yeah, I mean, AP, like you said, he's he's somebody. He's you know, fifteen carries right away, right off the bat. Um, he's a guy that, like you said, bye weeks, injuries. He's he's the perfect fill in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's not much upside when you start AP. You know. The, the floor is probably like seven points where the ceiling is probably like 12, maybe. Right. Um, you know, because it's all dependent on. He's not going to get any receiving work. It's really going to be dependent on him getting a touchdown or not. Um, he, he, you know, he did say he wants to catch Emmett. He's 4,000 yards away from catching Emmett, so I don't think he catches Emmett this year. Um, but one thing I did find interesting, he he is 13 touchdowns away from passing Walter Payton for third all time in rushing touchdowns.
1: Mm.
0: So maybe, maybe as the season progresses, you know, maybe that goal becomes a little bit more attainable. So, um, you know, might be something to watch, but like you said, I, I'm not, if the price is right, I think I, I moved them up to about 35 and half point PPR. That's in the Sony Michelle, Tevin Coleman, Zach Moss range. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, Again, I, I don't know how much upside there is in picking a guy like AP, but uh, he's definitely a good bye week fill in, like you said. And then Antonio Gibson, I think that's perfect assessment right there. I think he's somebody that will gain value as the season goes on. You know, as the season progresses, he's somebody that's just going to gain value. So if if his price gets too high, though, you know, if he starts creeping into the fifth, sixth round, i I'm going to have to be out at that price.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh just in general. Yeah, you were saying before Washington's not gonna be a very good football team, so touchdowns and stuff are gonna be hard to come by. Um mm-hmm. it's it's only it's only Scary Terry, man. That's all I gotta say. Wide receivers. Oh yeah. Let's get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary Terry.
0: Oh yeah. So, so let's let's just do it, man. It's a it's a pack show today. Uh, we're going to talk about the wide receivers. Last week we covered the running back, so go back and listen to that one. And if you know, if you're interested in who these guys, who's throwing these guys the football, then the week before that we covered the quarterback, so you might want to check that out as well. But today we're going to discuss our top three receivers. We're each going to reveal our top eight wide receivers. We're going to go through our wide receiver bust, our wide receiver sleepers, our wide receiver breakouts, and then the newest segment this year, the rider dies. So. Um, Before we even get into any of that, let's just recap the top 12 in total points from 2019 so we can refresh our memories. Uh, And so Michael Thomas was the wide receiver one. Chris Godwin came in at two. Julio Mm. Jones, three. Cooper Cup, four. Kenny Galladay, five. DeAndre Hopkins, six. Devontae Parker, seven. Keenan Allen, eight. Amari Cooper, nine. Julian Edelman, ten. Allen Robinson, 11, and then Mike Evans, 12. And Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, man. Chris Godwin's in at two, and he missed two games. Crazy. And Mike Crazy. Evans is at 12, and he missed three games.
1: Wow. easily my best fantasy call <laughs> for the breakout oh, yeah. of the receiver. That was it. That's what yeah, most I'm proud of, so I had to bring it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. You you definitely called that one, um, and, and he, he delivered big time. So... Um let's just jump into the wide receiver show man. And mm-hmm. Who do you have for your number one wide receiver Greg? I'm going to let you start cuz yeah, I know mine's a little might be a little hot takey.
1: Yeah, look, it's not as much hot takey. I'm going a little chalk here. G- got to go Michael Thomas honestly. Um it's just super safe. He was the wide receiver one last year. He's going off the board as the wide receiver one this year. Uh the 105 uh 2016, you know, played a full 16 games, 149 receptions uh, off 185 targets. With 725 yards and 9 touchdowns. First of all, this this man is Kent Gar-Mike. That's his handle. He's the best slant <laughs> route receiver in the league. Uh, and, you know, he's the best receiver, I think, on, you know, gotta have it downs for Drew Brees. Uh, I think you, we all know what's coming, the slant route, and you still can't stop it. I think that's <laughs> it's, it's beautiful to see. Uh, 80.5 catch rate last year. That's only 5% down from the 85% catch rate he got in 2018. Uh, these numbers are ridiculous as far as that. Uh, yeah, I think he's bona fide number receiver uh outscored the wide receiver two in fantasy chris goblin by 67 fantasy points and half point ppr so that's almost a full like a couple games you know the chris goblin did miss two games but that's still more than a two-game output i think uh 11.6 targets per game last year uh he trended up in th- those numbers he trended up in receptions targets and yards from 2018 also was first in red zone receptions last year in the past two seasons so those are just adding to the dominating stats this man had. Uh, you, the only counter, I would say, you know, Saints added Emmanuel Sanders over the last three years. Emmanuel Sanders has held, what, 95.7 targets. Um, but I don't think that will, you know, affect Michael Thomas too much uh, because he still was a top receiver uh, in the last couple years since he's been in the league. Um, even if he, you bump down his receptions and targets number, he's still going to be in that top three number. So I think it's Michael Thomas all the way.
0: Yeah, man. And so... uh you know, the 149 receptions, that was a, a record, by yeah. the way, NFL Ridiculous. record, which was previously held uh, by Marvin Harrison with 143, which that stood for 17 years, man, or 17 seasons, and so Michael Thomas goes out, he breaks that Um you know so the like you touched on emmanuel sanders coming in i i think he does steal some targets you know yep. we saw michael thomas with a 31 percent target share last year um i don't know if he'll get that so that's the only reason why i have him at two and you know conversely that's the reason why i have Devonte adams number one man mm. you know, we talked about it um you know like look if if we, we talked about it all year, you know, the, the Packers should get a receiver, they didn't. Uh, so, you know, we have Devontae Adams who was injured with a toe issue for a quarter of the season last year, missing four games, finishing as the wide receiver 24 in total points, but he was wide receiver 5 on a point per game basis. Adams was third in the league last year with a 29% target share, according to He And despite missing four games, he was still 14th in total targets. Looking at a per-game basis, Devontae Adams was at 10.6 per games, which is second in the league, only behind Michael Thomas. Last year, Devontae Adams only scored five touchdowns. But we know that Devontae Adams can be a touchdown machine, Greg. Uh, like you like you yes, talked sir. about last year, uh, in 2018, he was second in the league in, tu- in touchdowns at 13 he was also second in the league in red zone receptions with 16, getting a four, 44% target share in the red zone. Last year, he was third in the league with 16 red zone receptions, getting almost a 40% red zone target share. Now, Greg, this guy was your wide receiver three coming into 2019. And through first through the first three weeks, it looked it looked bleak, man. And Rodgers complained about Devontae's lack of involvement as he had targets of eight, nine, and four through three weeks. And right after Rodgers filed his complaint, both publicly and privately, in a Thursday night game against Philly, Devontae Adams had 15 targets for 10 receptions and 180 yards. He then injured his toe, but once he came back in Week Nine, he was back in that in that Week Four form. If you look at Week Four and then Weeks Nine to Seventeen, Devontae Adams was first in targets, second in receptions, sixth in receiving yards, second in target share with 31 percent. And during the span is where he scored his five touchdowns. So, you know, we approached the NFL draft. We believed the the Packers would, would address the wide receiver position because outside of Devontae Adams, they really didn't have much behind them. And yep. while I do like Alan Lazard a lot, I think the Packers need more wide receivers. But as we know, the Packers didn't add anybody. So he set up for another season where Aaron Rodgers is just going to target him relentlessly. And if the touchdowns come back to where He's finished the previous three years with totals of 12, 10, and 13. This is set. This could set up perfect for a wide receiver one finish.
1: Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on, on that. I have Devontae Adams as my number two uh, right below Michael Thomas. You talk about that week nine on the stretch. He averaged 18.5 fantasy points per game incredibly consistent you only had one game under 10 points in that stretch from week nine on uh yeah so this this man is is gonna you know dominate he's gonna dominate i still can't you know you said adam lazard i i still day to day i don't really know who the number two receiver for the packers will be <laughs> so uh yeah this Devonte adams I, I like that a lot
0: yeah man i, I mean again th- these guys i have them both in the same tier uh i've got in half point PPR there's basically a catch separating these guys yeah. in total points on the season. So, you know, don't there's you know, I'm not I'm not that much higher on him than Michael Thomas. I I just, you know, I think that this is the same reason why Michael Thomas was dominant last year is the same reason why I think Devontae Adams can be dominant this year.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So, Greg, who's your wide receiver 3, man?
1: Oh man, I'm 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 going with my man just like just dominates every year year in and year out i think probably the mm-hmm. most slept on receiver still but he's just so great i'm gonna go julio i'm gonna go julio jones mm-hmm. uh he mm-hmm. played 15 games last year 99 receptions off 157 targets uh with 1394 yards last year and only six touchdowns man so this man has 63 percent catch rate uh but he still finished wide receiver three in total points and he had his lowest yardage output since 2014, and still finished wide receiver three. So, like this man, 1394 is his lowest that he's gotten. He's always gotten over 14, 400, uh, 400, 1400 yards or 1500 yards. Sometimes this man is a dominant receiver. Uh, the Falcons added Todd Gurley, but this was a still very pass happy offense. Todd, the you know Falcons were ranked as the you know number one pass happy offense in the league at 42.8 attempts per game. Uh, so you you know he's going to get the attempts there. Uh, he's only he was only second in, in targets to Michael Thomas. Also he was second in deep targets with 31 last season. Uh, also top 10 in red zone <laughs> targets for 2019. So it's just a lot going for Julio Jones. So he has the big play opportunity. In the NFC South, we know we talk about it's going to be probably the most high offense, high octane offense uh, division in the league. It's going to be a lot of shootouts in that division with Michael Thomas uh, and all those great receivers and quarterbacks. Yeah, Julio, a dominant receiver, and I think with that six touchdowns mark, if you bump that up a couple of times, he's going to be a top three receiver, easy.
0: Yeah, man, Julio Jones, the super freak. You know, thirty-one years old, but the man still balls, and you know he's got a bad reputation for staying healthy. Um, I'm probably guilty of that myself, but since 2011, where he only played five games that season, mm-hmm. he's played 92 of a possible 96 games. Yeah, man. He's, so this man, this man's on the field. he's durable. Um, during that span, he averages 162 targets a season, 103 receptions, and 1,565 yards. That's the average. It's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> He also averages six touchdowns a season during that span. So you pretty much know what to expect from this man. I've, I've got him projected the league, the league, in receiving yards. I know taking Julio is almost nerve-wracking, and I don't know why, but he's the perfect place to start building at the wide receiver position if you're picking on the turn and can scoop him up in the second round. Yeah, it is weird why, why you know, it's, it's, it's like people don't want to pick him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, I don't know, but I I'm, I'm gonna scoop him up with on those leagues where they don't. I, I want Julio. I trust Julio. I think you know he's gonna be a guy yeah, to provide for you consistently, week in and week out.
0: Yeah, I mean, two things that two things he has a bad rep for is staying on the field and scoring touchdowns. Yep. Because he had that one season where he scored only three touchdowns, and then there was that one season where he only had like two touchdowns, or he hadn't scored a touchdown for like six weeks, and then he <laughs> yep. ended the season with eight touchdowns. <laughs> yep <laughs> oh man so so greg who's your top eight for 2020
1: man uh so the round at the top eight you know after michael thomas at one, Devontae at two julio at three i got d hop going at four i got my man adam thielen going at five i got Tyreek kill finishing at six then chris godwin and then mike evans right after him uh those guys two guys are just machines they're, they're gonna finish in the top 12 every year i think for a little bit
0: Okay, man. So yeah, I mean, look again, receivers. It's like pick your flavor, man. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, there's Absolutely. so many guys, and and like I don't think any you could be wrong at all with how you rank them. To be honest, outside of the top two, uh, the top three guys, in my opinion. So number one, the, for me, Devontae Adams. Number two is Michael Thomas. Number three, Julio Jones. Number four, Tyreek Hill. At five, I got Chris Godwin. At six, I got DeAndre Hopkins. At seven, I got Kenny Galladay, and. Eight, I got DJ
1: Moore.
0: Mm. Ooh, <laughs> DJ Moore.
1: I like that. That's
0: that's a The very... breakout continues, oh, man. The man. breakout continues. Okay. Man. All right. Let's get going. <laughs> so, Greg, who's your wide receiver bust, man?
1: Uh, so, this is actually one of my favorite receivers. I've had him on a lot of fantasy teams, uh, but I'm going to go with T.Y. Hilton. Um, I think, you know, he's going as wide receiver 14 right now in round four. Uh, he first of all he finished the season last season as wide receiver fifty seven. Also he was outside <laughs> <laughs> outside the top thirty in fantasy points per game and half point PPR just to give you a little Wait, f- that
0: wasn't <laughs> a game. That was a season long finish.
1: <laughs> that was a season long finish for TY last season. He played only ten games. Oh. And then if you want to oh, go man. average, you know, average fantasy points per game, he finished outside the top thirty still. So in oh, half point man. PPR. Um but that that's the thing about he's oh he only played ten games. He's only had a full season since 2017. Uh, he's been dealing, and he's already dealing with the mild hamstring injury this season, and you know, which is very dangerous, I think, in this type of season where a lot of soft tissue injuries are going to pop up. It's already camp, and he's already popping up with some injuries. He played last year with the two centimeter calf tear, uh, so he's, he's definitely a tough player. Uh, definitely a very talented player, but it, the opportunity I don't know if it's going to be there. And just you know, in, in an offense that I think will rely on the run game a lot or uh, more this year, we have Marlon Mack. they have your boy Jonathan Taylor, and, you know I'm not very high on, on Phillip Rivers this year. Uh, he's not a very good quarterback when he's pressured, and he gets, tends to throw a lot of picks. So I think they're going to you know just offensively rely on the run game. Uh, and as far as the depth chart behind him, you got Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman, who also got drafted. Uh, so he, I think. I would want to lean, you know, to maybe to Tabor's buying his ADP a little more for his his late-season finish and his sleeper value. Uh, and just to talk about the guys going behind him, this is AJ Brown's going behind him. I'm not doing that. I'm taking AJ Brown. Tyler Lockett's going behind him. I'm taking Tyler Lockett, DJ Shark, Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin. Honestly, I can go oh on for this God. whole episode and <laughs> name mad receivers <laughs> that are going behind T.Y. Hilton right now in a half-point PPR <laughs> league. So, yeah, it's got to be T.Y. Hilton for me.
0: Oh man. Okay. Yes. I look. I haven't. I've been off the Ty train for like two years. When you talking about a a fast guy with soft tissue injuries and calf like two centimeters. That's that's crazy. Injury analysis. You dig deep, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Down to the centimeters of the of the tear in his calf. That's crazy. Um. But yeah, man. I yeah, I you know I do probably disagree with you with you a little bit on Philip Rivers in the sense of I think this offensive line is probably the best offensive line Philip Rivers has ever played with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that he will be better. But Ty, you know, you're, you, we're in August, or you know, he had the hamstring injury in July. Like, nah, bro. Like yeah. I'm not doing it. He's yeah. he's he's over 30 years old. Um, you know, the bounce back is harder. Um, you know, so I yeah, I'm not touching Ty. Sorry, uh, not at that. Especially wide receiver no. 14. Maybe you know, it's I probably to got go the same. <laughs> I probably got the same, the same you know defense mechanism that you had with AJ Green. I have that same thing with Ty. <laughs> like, I just don't see his name, bro.
1: <laughs> just don't see it. Just blinders. On to the next guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on to the next one. That's it. Um, maybe that's why because wide receiver. I have him ranked at like. Outside my top 24, so by yeah. the time I get to the 20s, he's already gone. <laughs>
1: yeah, but, yep, yep.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right, my wide receiver bust, man. It's Amari Cooper. And look, he finished his wide receiver nine, and so on the surface, you're like, wow, that's great. He had the best year of his career, catching 79 passes, 1,189 <laughs> yards and eight touchdowns. Yards and touchdowns, both being career highs. He also played... 16 games as well which historically has been a problem for him he was injured in at least one of those games which again has also been a problem for him all this led to him getting the bag though 100 million dollars over five years to be exact now my problem with amari cooper isn't where he'll finish in the end of season rankings it's more how he'll finish there what i mean by this is like you said you talked about julio uh, we want some consistency in our lineups. Like like Michael Thomas, he, he almost never failed you last year. Yep. Right? Um, We want guys that are going to give us that week-to-week consistency, a guy that we can count on every week. So dug into the numbers on Amari Cooper because, again, that's my biggest problem with him. Amari Cooper finished as a wide receiver one, so a top 12 wide receiver 25% of the time. So for all mm. the mathematicians at home, that's four games out of the 16 that he played. Uh, 16 other wide receivers had a better percentage than that, right? In fact, every other wide receiver who finished in the top 12, with the exception of just Keenan Allen, had a higher percentage than that. Well, all right, if you're not going to finish in the top 12, then at least, you know, give me top 24 so I can at least compete against my opponent. Right. You know, give me a chance. He finishes a wide receiver one or two just 43.8% of the time. In this instance, 15 other wide receivers had a better percentage than than he does. Well, then maybe he's just finishing on the cusp, right? Maybe he's the wide receiver 25, right? You know, you know, maybe he's just outside <laughs> the top 24. Nope, just 18.8% of the time is he finishing in between 25 and 36. So wide receiver three. So for all the key people keeping track at home, that means 37.5% of the time, this guy is finishing outside the top 36. So 56% of the time, this guy is finishing outside the top 24. Mm-hmm. And the more the category that he most frequently finishes is outside the top 36. So wide receiver four. We're talking about waiver wire fodder at that point, right? If you had him last year, depending on your roster, you limped into the playoffs if you were if you were even that lucky. From weeks 11 to 16, these were his finishes, Greg. Wide receiver 54, wide receiver 115, Oof. wide receiver 28, oh, wide man. receiver 13, <laughs> wide receiver 82, and then in championship week, week 16, he, oh, wide receiver 60. So during this span, he was wide receiver 47. He averaged seven seven half-point PPR points per game. And again, this is who Amari Cooper is. I know, Greg, you talk about all the time. This is Dallas Cowboy Amari Cooper. I just read to you Dallas Cowboy Amari Cooper. But if you don't <laughs> believe me, over the last three years, he's finished outside the top 24, 64% of the time. 64% of the time outside of the top 24. And now enter an offense with Michael Gallup, Dallas wide receiver number one, add CD Lamb to the mix. He doesn't even have to be the guy anymore. He's currently going off the board as wide receiver 9 to 10. I have him at 12, so I'm not egregiously off. And But again, he very well could finish as the wide receiver 9 or 10. But again, it's how he'll finish there that's the problem for me.
1: Yeah, do a person that does value consistency a little bit, I, I think... I like that that point a little bit um i haven't yet finished him right outside the top twelve as a thirteen or fourteen so he's uh you know low end wide receiver one um high end two um he's gonna win you some weeks and yeah he's gonna he's gonna lose some weeks especially with those numbers right there uh i remember definitely hearing Teddy it was either one week you know mari cooper would have an elite wide receiver <laughs> one performance or just you know bust into getting you five or six points so uh it's definitely a volatile position in wide receiver but for him to consistently be inconsistent is not good yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's why i'm i'm always going to be out on amari cooper like i said he's the one player i'll be wrong about i don't mind being wrong about every year and that's fine it's complete i'm completely fine with it so if you know if amari cooper's for you you love him you're a cowboys fan or or maybe you know you just really like amari cooper like greg does and go ahead and draft away <laughs> no i ain't doing it <laughs>
1: I, if I have him as my two, I would do it, <clears throat> but I don't think
0: I would do him as my one. I I would rather Robert Woods or Scary Terry as my two. <laughs> like I'm I'm sorry, I just there's this is a guy I'm just not touching, but that's just that's just me, right? Because it's not even like his boom weeks. Like yeah, his boom weeks are great, but he only did that four times, right? <laughs> right. So like yeah, I mean, so Greg, who's your wide receiver sleeper man?
1: Oh man, and you know, you know, I got to do my, my my double. I got to do the mid round one and the deep one. Uh, for mid round, it's got it's got to be Julian Edelman this year. Uh, he's going wide receiver thirty six, uh, round eight. in um, you know, top of the round eight. 2019, He finished with over 100, recept- 100 receptions on 150 D targets. A thousand yard receiver guy, six touchdowns. You know, he had a sixty five percent catch rate. I can't see. Or a scenario where, you know, he's still, you know, not the number one option for Cam. He did average 9.6 targets per game last season. Uh, Probably don't expect that number, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's still not close to 7 or 8 per number game. He's still one of the best receivers in the league. He finished his wide receiver 13 and fantasy points per game last season and a half point PPR uh, six of the last seven seasons. He's had over 100 targets. So I just expect him to receive, you know, great wide receiver two number opportunity as far as fantasy numbers. And, I, you know, I can't I can see, you know, games where Cam is going to have to rely on him to win games and, you know, where play calling is going to have to put. Put the onus on julian edelman uh i I still predict him to finish as a top 25 wide receiver so uh especially with even higher upside in the full point ppr league um so i got him from my mid-round sleeper and for deep it's got to be deontay johnson man this man is going wide receiver 45 in the 10th round you're talking about potentially and in my opinion the number one two receiver on the steelers and on the steelers with the big ben team Is first in pass attempts and first in yards. So you you talk about talent and opportunity right there. He closed last season strong. Go back to Matthew Barry's 100 facts. From week 14 on, the number 12 wide receiver in fantasy was Deontay Johnson. And this is what you you talked about with with Mason Rudolph. So a a guy who's...
0: Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges.
1: (laughs) And Duck Hodges. I, I can't even remember the other one. That's how bad of a situation his QB was. And you talk about Big Ben, who's exponentially better than both those guys going in the 10th round this is an easy deep sleeper call for me
0: yeah i mean i can i definitely love the deontay johnson one i'm i'm very lukewarm on the julian edelman one but i i could see the reasoning there uh, you know being the number one option in the patriots offense um you know the 100 targets is going to be there so I, I totally get that um but deontay johnson is the guy I'm, I'm definitely excited about from from that group yeah um my wide receiver sleeper man it's 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 Robert Woods, man. Good old Bobby Woods, you know? Like This guy finished last year as the wide receiver 17, and he's currently going off the board as wide receiver 21 to 25. Now, we know that Woods is never going to be a big touchdown guy. That's just not who he's been in his career. But he had a career high. He has just a career high of six receiving touchdowns. But I think the two receiving touchdowns he had last year, I think that was an outlier. Since 2011, there have been 101 instances where a wide receiver or tight end had 139 targets or more. Of those 101 instances, Robert Wood's feat of only scoring two touchdowns is the lowest amount of touchdowns scored, and that was only done two other times. And again, he finishes the wide receiver 17. And so if you take his touchdown total of two, and let's just say you double it, giving him four touchdowns, which again, a below average number, but you just give him those two extra touchdowns, he slides up to the wide receiver 12. And We may be having a different conversation about about Robert Woods in 2020. Mm -hmm. Jared Goff should see some positive regression in the touchdown department, so I think that helps Woods out as well this year. And now Cooper Cup's rankings are all over the place because there's concern about Rams' potential use of two tight end sets and what that does to his usage. But that actually helps Woods as his target share was 26% during that time. Each of the last two years, Woods has seen at least 130 targets, and I'm expecting that again in 2020. Woods led the Rams in both target share percentage and air yards market share on the year, while cup does get the red zone the red zone looks and those touchdowns woods get woods gets everything else and so go ahead and get that discount on robert woods man
1: yeah, it, it's definitely a sleeper value, uh, for sure. Robert Woods, talk about potential guy. I can give you wide receiver one numbers, honestly. Um, you know, weekend, can, week can consistent wide receiver one numbers. I remember, you know, back in twenty, you know, eighteen, it, it was like you can tell what how much you know, targets he's gonna get, how much receptions gonna get, and the output Robert Woods is gonna get. So I, I like that consistency right there um, for Robert Woods going at where he's
0: going. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, it was it was very tilting to have to go through it last year. Um, yeah. I know we we had him. <laughs> yeah, and it was just we we had to, we tried to get rid of him. It was just it was really bad at a point last year, but he picked up at the end of the year. He definitely um, did. Greg, wide receiver breakout, man. What do you got?
1: All right, you know I got I got a little uh, you know hot take. Maybe uh, I'm gonna go Will Fuller, man. I'm gonna go Will Fuller this year. I think. Oh. I think <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah, you already yes. know. I'm gonna go. With Wolf we up. got him. <laughs> I'm oh, receiving 35 sad. right now. <laughs> round is going round eight. Uh, talk about 11 games last year, average 6.4 targets per game on a 69% catch rate. The talent is there. We know that. The opportunity was always there, but now it's literally being spoon-fed to him. No D-hop. 150 targets is missing from this team. Uh, the Texans added Brandon Cooks, but you know over his career, Cooks is the only a 100-target uh, guy, 103-targets-per-season guy. So you know, I expect Will Fuller's targets per game to bump up to around that eight a game. Uh, you give him that. Of course, of course, the question is the health. But, you know, as Price is baked into that, he's going in round eight and you have, you're getting a potential number one receiver with Superman, Deshaun Watson, in round eight. Deshaun Watson loves to get those big plays downfield and Will Fuller is a big time receiver as far as big plays going down the field. I think Will Fuller finishes in the top 20 receivers. I'm going Will Fuller, baby. Let's go
0: oh my god oh this man. is like life-changing right now yeah, yeah, yeah i've fantastic. been trying to get you on the Wolf fuller train for like three years yeah, now
1: i'm full of it now i'm oh. full, full of it definitely all the world full are of coming, it are coming all season baby let's go <laughs> oh
0: man Woo. Okay. oh oh man all right Woo. okay my my wide receiver break i actually got two because i really couldn't make up my mind Ooh. so I had to name two guys. The first one I have here, that's Calvin Ridley, man. We talked about Julio, but this man Calvin Ridley, he's on the verge of a he was on the verge of a breakout last year before going down with the abdominal injury. In just 13 games last year, he was on pace for 78 catches, 1066 yards and nine touchdowns. But if you look at the time after the Muhammad Sanu trade uh to the to, New, to the New England Patriots, he was on pace for 91 catches, 1315 yards. So Ridley, he's similar a lot to your breakout from last year and Chris Godwin, where you felt like he was on the verge of breaking out, but the price was a little bit higher than maybe you wanted, Mm -hmm. and you know. But if you trusted the breakout was coming, then you had to bite the bullet and just take him in the fourth round. And that's where Calvin Ridley. That's where we're at right now with Calvin Ridley. He's going in the fourth or fifth round. And that's just based on his potential. Now I don't know if he'll finish as the wide receiver two overall, like like Chris Godwin did, but he could smash this year at the current price of wide receiver sixteen.
1: Yeah, I like that Calvin really won a lot.
0: The second guy I have is going to be a guy we talked about a lot last year. Scary Terry, man, Terry oh, yeah. McQuain. Oh yeah, I could. I- I just, I could not talk about this guy today. Like, just mentioning him wouldn't do him justice. Scary Terry, F1, whatever you want to call him. This man is a bad man. He's six foot, 210 pounds, runs 4.35 in the 40 yard dash. So, this is a big, fast man. In 14 games last year, he had 58 catches for 919 yards and seven touchdowns. He was on pace for 1,000 yards before missing time with the injury. Um, and if you look at PFF grades at the position, He was 7th with an 86.5 grade. That grade is the highest recorded PFF grade by a rookie since Odell Beckham Jr. back in 2014. Terry is the real deal. He's got his college quarterback, has his NFL quarterback, and I think he's just scratching the surface of what he can really be at the position. I think the Washington football team throws more this year with Bill Callahan not, not calling run play after run play after run play like he did last year. Do you remember last year when Washington... Uh, a Washington football game was done as other games were going into halftime. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not
0: gonna happen this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> they ran the ball so much. That's what that's what led to that. I've got Terry projected for for 132 targets this year. So I'm projecting that he takes that leap into the wide receiver one territory, grab the keys to the F1, and enjoy the ride.
1: Man. Oh yeah, nah, I got Terry definitely at, oh, as finishing as the number one receiver. Uh, you know, scary Terry's just very talented. He's so good. This man dominated in the touchdown department when he was in. There's no one else to throw to still on this team. You know, you know Steven Sims has some sleeper value, but it's Scary Terry all the way, man. He's going to rely on him, get to close to that 9 to 10 target game, um, marker per, uh, per game. So, yeah, let's go Scary Terry. We ride together. We
0: die together. Oh, man, let's do it. All right, Greg. Your wide, your ride, your wide receiver ride or die, man. What, who we got? Who you riding with? Oh
1: yeah, you already know. I'm riding with. I had him at five. I gotta go with Adam Thielen. Uh, Adam Thielen, you know, is going at wide receiver nine in round three. But I just feel like you know people you know are gonna see him as a, one of those possibly a top five finish, uh, one of the best receivers in the league. You're taking away 93 targets from this roster, uh, and you added a rookie receiver. So let's not go crazy on you know rookie receivers. Yes, Justin Jefferson is going to be good, but uh, rookie receivers are not going to, you know, bounce out the scart, uh, go crazy. So, Thielen should. he was always cousin's, cousins' favorite receiver anyway with Diggs on the team. So, I expect Dylan's <laughs> target number to increase significantly Uh, from back, you know, when he had in the 2018 numbers when he finished with 9.7 targets per game. He was top five in receptions because of that. Top five in air yards and top five in red zone receptions with those nine re- targets per game. So, you, you give him that. He's going to average at least 22.8 fantasy points per game when he sees nine targets. And that's basically wide receiver, two. If you put him with last season, only Michael Thomas is better. Uh, so Adam Thielen, he's the guy. Without Stephon Diggs, the splits are crazy. He finishes as a top-five wide receiver. Give me Adam Thielen all the way, baby. Let's go.
0: Yeah, man, I I look, I totally love that pick right there. You're, as your ride or die, um, you know, I, to me, Thielen has that potential you know he was wide receiver one just a few years ago yep. um with stefan Diggs on the team so this is definitely in the range of outcomes uh you know i just i think we do i i added a year onto his life yesterday when i told you he was <laughs> 31 he's actually 30 so you know um i i could totally see that happening this year especially you know kirk cousins i know he gets a lot of flack especially in the fantasy community but kirk cousins is a good quarterback mm-hmm. uh you know gotta stop disrespecting kirk but, you know, him and Adam Thielen, they just pick up that synergy where they left off, man. I, I like that pick. Um, my ride or die, man. It's A.J. Brown, man. Ooh. Come on, man. you Freak. If you were with us last year, then you know I developed a big-time man crush on A.J. Brown. So it would not be a wide receiver breakdown if I did not bring this man up. And that's what he is, a grown man Freak. making other grown men <laughs> look like children on a football field. A.J. Brown is is going is going right about where he should right now. I'd argue he might actually be getting you might actually be getting a bit of a discount. Just to remind you what AJ Brown did last year, he had 1051 yards on just 52 catches to go along with eight touchdowns. So all the mathematicians at home, I'm not a mathematician, but that's a 20 that's 20 yards per catch right there. And if you look at since since 2010, Greg, only three receivers have had 50 plus catches and averaged 20 yards per catch. Obviously, A.J. Brown is one of them. The other two, Mike Wallace in 2010 and Deshaun Jackson in 2014. Now, if you don't remember those guys specifically, Mike Wallace, he's 190. He was 195 pounds, and Deshaun Jackson, he's still in the league, currently with the Eagles, is 175 pounds. So both we know, both guys we know, smaller, speedier receivers. A.J. Brown, on the other hand, he's six foot, 226 pounds, almost built like a running back no actually he is built like a running back cuz that's like Saquon's measurables right there not only did he lead the league in yards in uh yards per reception and yards per reception as a rookie but he was also first in the league in yards after catch per reception at 8.9 according to pro football focus all of wide receive all of all wide receivers with at least 70 targets AJ Brown was third in the league with a yards per route run at 2.67 Yards per out run is probably one of the the best wide receiver metrics in terms of efficiency and, and so his 2.67 was behind only Michael Thomas and Stefan Diggs. That's the most by a rookie since 2014 when Odell Beckham had 2.75 yards per out run. By the way, Odell Beckham's pretty good. Uh, this oh, yeah. guy is a stud. He's a 98th percentile prospect in my wide receiver model over the la- over the last 3 draft classes and I like to continue i like to i like him to continue this breakout that we witnessed last year he is the clear number one in this off in an offense alongside Corey davis adam humphreys johnny smith and this run game in tennessee is going to go through derrick henry but this pass game in tennessee is going to go through aj brown in
1: 2020 oh yeah aj brown won so many league championships last year for people so i know he's going to be a lot of ride or dies out there with other people uh, i like that one a lot yeah aj brown is a freak of nature on the field uh He's got to be one of the top guys. I think I got him finishing as a wide receiver one as well. A.J. Brown is a beast, man.
0: Yeah, man, I got to love some A.J. Brown. So uh, as we've done the last couple weeks, Greg, you know, I'll run through the list again. Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Parker, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Julian Edelman, Allen Robinson, Mike Evans. Who do you of these guys who, you know, who are some of your biggest candidates to fall out of the top 12?
1: Yeah, right away, I think uh, Devontae Parker probably, um, just as far as, you know, offense. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is there, so it'll be a little gunslinging, but I, you know, just think he did overachieve a little bit last year. He comes back to earth. As far as I still think he's a good you know, good value, I think he still can be finished. You know, as a wide receiver too. Uh, also, I do like the mm-hmm. the sleep value of Preston Williams when healthy. Preston Williams is a talented receiver, and I think he he will have some uh, say into that um, into you know Devonte Adam. I mean Devonte Parker's output uh, for sure. So I'm gonna go with him, and then yeah, Judy Allen probably after that. But I also still like both those guys as far as finishing you know low end wide receiver twos.
0: Yeah, man. Uh... I totally agree with Devontae Parker, uh, Julian Edelman, uh, for sure. Uh, Keenan Allen's another one I think doesn't make it again. Obviously he's missing Phillip rivers. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, Mike Evans definitely can finish here. I know you said you have him at eight. Yeah. He definitely can finish here. Um, I just, you know, I don't know if he maybe sees the touchdowns that he maybe would have seen with grok with grok around. Um, and obviously I'm not going to disparage Amari Cooper anymore today. I have all year <laughs> to do that. So um Yeah. yeah That's yeah, those yeah, are of my it. guys. Some ADP game, Greg. That's uh, two guys I don't like. <laughs> all right, yeah, I like <laughs> Seems that. Seems to be guys, the theme. You, know, you gotta force the answer. I like this. Got gotta gotta pick it, mm-hmm. you know. Two guys I don't like. Keenan Allen, wide receiver eighteen, the four oh six, versus Stefan Diggs, a wide receiver twenty at the four oh nine. Who you got?
1: That is a good one. Um, I think I I do like Stephon Diggs still a little bit more. Um, so I'm gonna go with Stephon Diggs uh, wide receiver 20. Um, I think you know, he can finish as a wide receiver too. So that 20 to 25 range. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think you know steps in. He's a guy that you know demands I said 103 targets per year. Uh, I think he's gonna get close to that if not that number in Buffalo. Uh, John Brown is still there. So he, he was a very talented fantasy player last year very consistent for you uh but I, i'm still i still like Stefan diggs a little bit i think his uh big play uh activity i think will get him in that range and buy his value more
0: yeah i'm I'm totally with that i'm I'm with you on this one 100 percent. i mean i don't think there's many situations you'd have to put ty here for me to pick keenan now <laughs> i think um <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm taking Stefan Diggs 100%. Even though, uh, you know, I don't really like either one of these guys' situations. You know, again, they're both talented receivers. Yep. Um, you know, I just Keenan Allen. You know, I he's he had the mind meld going with, with Phillip Rivers for so long. I think that that went. I think some of that production went with Phillip Rivers when he left. And then Stephon Diggs is going from one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league to. Probably one of the least accurate quarterbacks, and <laughs>
1: not in a dome, playing in <laughs> Buffalo. Like that's gonna be rough. Yeah, you're
0: playing in Buffalo in the snow. Like, look, man. I mean, that's that's all fine and stuff. Uh, you know, he did show us last year. He had a career high in yards per catch last year with 17 yards per catch. I looked at that number and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Stephon Diggs had 17 yards of catch. Yeah, big um, play guy, definitely. So I think he, you know, maybe he can get back to some of that this year. But I think that. Uh, in, a, in a Buffalo offense, that's you know probably going to be a little run centric. Uh, you might see some some inconsistency on a week to week basis. Um, you know I do have him over a hundred at the hundred and thirty target mark actually. Um, so you know I just don't know how many uh, how consistent he'll it'll be on a week to week basis for him. Um,
1: yeah. So yeah, Stephon
0: Diggs it is. Yeah, my only concern is that. All right, there, Greg. Honestly. Yep keep going. You you said the weather concerns, yeah, yeah, your, your, yeah, that's concerns the your weather? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um plus he's got to he got to see Stefan Gilmore twice a year, like that can't True. be good. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, some guys to discuss, man. Uh, Cooper Cup, man. This is this is polarizing, right? You basically you 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 must plant your flag on this one, right? Like we know what the ceiling is and last year we we saw the terrible floor. Um so where are you planting your flag on this one, Greg? Is 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 Cooper Cup gonna finish inside the top twelve like he did last year, or is he gonna finish outside of this top twelve? I
1: uh, I think so. He's going wide receiver eleven right now. I think I still uh, I would I think I would buy that price honestly. Um, but I think I'm still leaning towards buying Robert Woods' price way more. I, w- I still would want to buy that as far as a receiver that's you know going wide receiver twenty five uh and you know in the round five so i I, I would take that yeah, i'm safer taking that um then cooper cup uh yeah that floor was very scary last year uh definitely didn't you know got people out the playoffs especially me i needed some wins from him and he he didn't come through for me so it it, it is scary you talk about that inconsistency with amari cooper that that floor is, is scary so uh i'm not crazy on him i think he still finishes as a uh, low, you know, high-end wide receiver too. So right outside the top twelve, but I'm still lean towards getting a guy like Robert Woods more.
0: Is is Cooper Cup a guy you're willing to be wrong about? Uh,
1: I yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I would I would yeah, just I mean, see his name I, and then probably go uh, in that range. I take Allen Robinson. He's going right after him. And Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. but then Ty's right
0: there, so I'm definitely taking Cooper Cup before that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've so I, you know I was back and forth on this. I think because again, you basically have to plant your flag on what you think the Rams are going to do. Are they going to stick to this two tight end personnel like they did last year, yeah, uh, which made Cooper Cup basically invisible? Or you know, did the fact that they draft Van Jefferson, does that make you think that they're going to run the three wide receiver sets that that we know? That we know them to run, which means Cooper Cup gets to spend, you know, most of his time in the slot where he's most productive. um And I think la- I think when the year started, I had Cooper Cup down at like wide receiver 16, and I was like, you know, just I was I had planned my flag and like they're gonna run the more they're gonna run two tight end sets. That's what they're gonna do. um But you know after you know doing some reading, I had uh, picked up Warren Sharp's football preview, and I think I had told you about. About this, But, you know, basically read the Rams chapter and, you know, there's no rhyme or reason for why Sean McVay runs his his two tight end sets um, or why he keeps running, why he runs his three wide receiver sets. There's, you know, could be injuries to a, a wide receiver and he'll he'll run more three wide receiver sets. There'll be an injury to tight end and he'll run even more two tight end sets. And, you know, it really doesn't make sense. The only thing that made sense to me was that they drafted Van Jefferson in the second round. That was their second pick in the draft um you know they drafted him in the mid 50s so you know i think van jefferson probably going to play some some significant snaps at some point during the season uh which will then allow cooper cup to slide into the slot like we've seen so that's why i have him here at wide receiver nine for me um so that's kind of where i'm planting my flag there but i'm not comfortable taking him honestly um all right. Yeah. So, you know, I got have a bunch of trepidation when I'm picking Cooper Cup because, you know, that 12 tight end thing keeps popping into my head. And then it's like, well, what if he doesn't score nine touchdowns? So, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with Cooper Cup. So yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. You, it's tough to me. It's really tough.
1: Yeah. When you talk about how Sean McVay is a liar. And so we really don't know <laughs> what he's going to do. He's like one of the hardest uh, coaches to predict um he talks about jared ever how much he likes him uh, every other day he <laughs> talks about tyler higby so you know i i'm i i do not know man I, I can't i just can't be certain really
0: yeah no that and that's the thing is it comes down to certainty and certainty and, and when you are picking you know this early in the draft you know i want somebody for sure and again i got cooper cup in the same tier as a guy like aj brown and alan robinson um, and Amari Cooper. So obviously, you know which of those guys I would take ahead of Cooper Cup, and which of them I wouldn't. Um, looking at you, Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. <laughs> so I'm, I mean, I'm glad we had that discussion though, because that's something that listeners are gonna have to to make a decision on, and they're gonna have to, you know, maybe do some research, some extra research, and, and determine. Because obviously, you see, you know, we're 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 obviously uh, split on it within our own heads. So yeah. Um, Two guys I know we're not split on at all, Greg. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown oh, yeah. and Miko Hardman. They're two year two guys, two speed guys, two guys that play in high-powered offenses, probably be top three offenses in the NFL this year. Uh, Mar- Mar- Marquise Brown's going off of his wide receiver 30. Miko Hardman going off the board as wide receiver 38. Where are you at with these guys, man?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm so buying. Buying Hollywood, buying Hollywood every draft I can. This man is definitely going to finish in top 25 out, output. And I think he could finish as top 20 wide receiver. It's just the when when he was in, that start of the season last year was so crazy. Uh, and you talk about, you know, who they added. I mean, it's still, it's still him. It's still going to be him. You talk about the Chiefs. Uh, as far as Tyreek Hill is there, he's the number one guy. He's the number one bona fide guy. So McCall Harmon I see as, you know, a more of a, a high-end flex, a guy that can, you know, win you some weeks. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. But I think Hollywood could be a wide receiver too, uh, consistently putting up boom numbers like a kind of, you know, mini Tyreek Hill kind of as far as putting up huge numbers some weeks. And then, uh, you know, his floor might be a little low, but I think you'll get some very good output and he could finish as a top 20 wide receiver.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, Hollywood, man, you know, we talked about it. Um, I was all over Hollywood last year. And then at one point, you know, I actually going back to listening to some old episodes you could hear. I I brought it up almost every week with Hollywood that he just wasn't healthy. Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember that. You know, this
0: is a guy he was not healthy. He he came into the the year with a Liz Frank injury. Um, so he you know then he had that explosive week one, uh, you know, which he was like one of the the, the top picks off waivers, and then in, in uh, week six he injured his ankle, uh, had a high ankle sprain. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and and he just wasn't right after that. Uh, And you could tell, uh, you know, as the year progressed, though, you know, in that playoff game against Tennessee, you know, you saw him start to break out. Um, One of the biggest things I I love about what Hollywood did this summer was he, you know, he weighed at one point 157 pounds last year. Uh, Hollywood's been working out. That's lighter than me. He's up to. <laughs> he's up to 180 pounds right now, Greg. Ooh, I like Hollywood that. Hollywood has put on 23 pounds. You know what the best part is, Greg? He he asked the Ravens for his, a GPS tracker so he could track his speed. Mm. So he didn't want him. He wanted to make sure he wasn't losing any speed. Ooh, so like according to him, he's at 180 pounds. He has not lost any of his speed, um, and he's been on. And he got a jugs. He's, he was just in his backyard with a jugs machine almost every day. Um, you know, that's part that's part what you have to do. You gotta stalk these guys on social media, see what they're up to. Oh you yeah. Know. Oh, you you know, you, you've been ordering Chinese food, bro. I can't trust you, but you know, Marquis <laughs> Hollywood Brown, he's been he's been working out, um, you know, put on twenty three pounds of good weight. So, you know, I, I could really get behind Hollywood. I I, I do have him. Um, just because of that inconsistency, I I have him right outside the top twenty four, but I think he'll finish inside the top twenty four, like you said. Right, right. Like I most think those finish. boom games
1: will carry him into that, and I think he'll have some output games where he's going to get thirty fantasy points. I really see that happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the other guy, you know, we talked about Miko Hardman. Man, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, he's got that inconsistency. He's not the he's not even the number two. Uh, if you want to talk about you know pass catchers, right? right. Um, you know, that's Travis Kelsey, yep. Tyreek Hill. Um but I think there there is an opportunity here with Miko Hardman where if he can somehow uh get to I mean again this is a Patrick Mahomes offense. A target from Patrick Mahomes is worth a lot more than a target <laughs> yeah. from, from a lot of other quarterbacks. Absolutely you know and and you know we're talking about one of the highest uh, volume pass offenses in the league. And so, you know, he's got that built in upside, whereas like Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, neither one of those guys is going to be on this roster after this year. You know, Miko Hartman, they traded up to draft him in the second round last year, uh, when they didn't even have a first round pick. Um, and you know, this was one of the first selections that they won. I think he was the second selection they made, but, uh, you know, you you, the future of this of this pass offense is going to be Tyreek Hill, Miko Harman, and and Travis Kelsey. Like I don't think uh, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, you know, are are going to be here next year. Like I said, and so I think this is an opportunity here where you know you could buy Miko Harman at this wide receiver thirty eight price, but you know don't be surprised if you if you get more than that.
1: Oh man, yeah, he's. I think he's going to win you some weeks as well. Um, last year, he definitely won teams some weeks where he would just come in and get a, a sixty-yard touchdown, and there it is. That's your fantasy day right there. Uh, and you know, I, I like those people that can make it in a day. Um, so yeah, I, again, I think the high end flex is definitely his uh, high his upside. This um, floor will be as also low, and it's just I will be more willing to buy Hollywood because he is he'll be the number. Oh, guy for sure. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I'm buying Hollywood. Uh, don't don't hear what I'm not saying. I've got Hollywood way ahead of Miko Harmon in my rankings. Uh, um, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't draft both of these guys on the same true, team. Like, true. That's just too much volatility yep. for me. But I think if you are picking, if you're looking for a receiver or a high-end flex, like you said, you need that nitro button and, and some juice in your flex mm-hmm. spot. That Miko Harman provides that for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about two guys that are on the same team. Tyler Lockett going off the board as wide receiver 21. DK Metcalf going off the board as wide receiver 19. My question is, can they coexist? Only one time last year did they both finish as a wide receiver one together. Mm. And only three times last year did they both finish as wide receiver two in the same week. We all want Seattle to hashtag let Russ cook. But with the trade of Jamal Adams to this defense, we like they may be even better. Which means they might lean on this run game even more. So... This might be a situation where again you have to plant your flag. So, Greg, where are you planting it?
1: Uh, I think I would buy uh, DK Metcalf more. Um, I think I do like his upside a little bit more, uh, especially in, you know the touchdown department. I think he's going to see uh, some a lot of red zone receptions this year. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go with him. But yeah, you're right about that. You know, even though we have Russell Wilson, one of the most efficient quarterbacks ever, but he's still going to throw you know under uh, 30 times easily, um, and so it's going to be tough for him. To, to to have two receivers that thrive, like a Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, So uh, if, I, if I'm if i going to play my flag, I'm going to pan on those DK, baby.
0: Yeah, man, uh, it's actually funny. I mean, I got Tyler Lockett higher in the rankings, but I'm playing my flag on DK as well, man. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a guy who's 6'4", 230, um, yeah, four three three speed. I just, like, I'm a sucker for stuff like that. Yeah, man. yeah I know. I'm coming around <laughs> to that too, yeah. <laughs>
1: To people, that talent is just uh, it's hard to come by, especially for a receiver position.
0: Yeah, man, and and you know you got Russell Wilson who who am I? I mean, I've said this, I've said this to you before. I think he throws the best deep ball in NFL history, um, and so you know he's got DK Metcalf, who I think is probably one of the best deep ball weapons in in the NFL today. Um, and the, you know, just look at what he did in that playoff game against Philadelphia mm-hmm. last year, where he had on over two hundred receiving yards. Um, yeah DK Metcalf man. I'm, I'm playing my flag there, like you said. Yeah,
1: I think he carries on from that momentum uh, that they trust him in the playoffs. you know Russell Wilson loves to win games, so I think Russell Wilson's going to rely on him more.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, so another guy we're going to talk about, he was a guy that you know I, 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 can we adopt him, right? because I feel like nobody was talking about DJ Sharp. oh before yeah, we were yeah,
1: definitely you, you, definitely for you, yeah, you have to adopt him. I'm, I'm right there with as a supportive parent. <laughs> I, I want DJ Shark in every <laughs> league I can get as well.
0: <laughs> DJ Shark is currently going off wide receiver off the board as wide receiver twenty three, which so apparently we're the we're in the minority of, of people that want DJ Shark on their teams. He's going the board wide receiver twenty three, finished last year as the wide receiver sixteen while missing a game and being injured for the last two weeks of the season. You know he played he tried to play through that high ankle sprain because he really wanted to get to that thousand yards, which I believe he did. So, Greg, what are your expectations for DJ Shark this year? Yeah, that ADP,
1: I think he finishes in the top 20 as well. Uh, DJ Shark is a beast. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, just with, uh, you know, Garner Michoud, uh with the new offensive coordinator, I think it's going to be nice and set up for him very well to, you know, put emphasis on him. Him and Scary Terry are, you know, two guys that are, you know, going around that wide receiver 25 to 30 mark that are both going to finish in the top 20. I, I love DJ Shark as well.
0: Yeah, man, I got DJ Shark ranked at fifteen. Um, so, I, so I'm I'm totally in on this price for sure. And we obviously we we talked about it before. Jacksonville's got is projected to be the worst team in the NFL just based on on the Vegas totals um, with with only a five a five win uh, a projected total of five wins. So you know that's that's negative game game script that plays into DJ Shark's hands, and you know him being the number one target in this offense. Uh, him and Gardner Minshew, they obviously had chemistry last year. Uh, I think that's gonna obviously continue going forward. Um, yeah, all right, so a guy that, <laughs> a guy that uh, I know I'm I'm higher on. You might not be higher on, but I, I think I think in recent weeks you've started coming around. AJ Green, man, what are you doing about him? Uh you so still got the I, defense mechanism,
1: man. I saw that news report this morning too. He said, "My man's you know looking like his old self." You know, <laughs> so you talk about you know a guy that was you know arguably a top five receiver a couple years ago. We were talking about this, like who's in your top five? AJ Green would always be either honorable mention or in that. I still don't think I would do it, just you know for the uncertainty. <laughs> uh, where, receiver 26. Wide receiver twenty six. Wide receiver twenty six. We just talked about a couple guys going. In that area, Terry McLaurin, DJ Shark, uh, Michael Gallup, uh, I'm a Hollywood. All, all those guys going around. I'm Odell. I'm still taking all those guys after before AJ Green.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, I just I haven't been able to get much AJ Green because, like you said, Terry McLaurin, DJ Shark, those are guys that are going in that range. But look, man, if AJ Green, I know it hasn't happened in a while, but this is a man seven straight thousand yard seasons. Yep. If AJ Green can play a full season. The ceiling here is wide receiver, is like top five, top seven wide receiver Absolutely. In fantasy. If he can play, like, if he could, it's just, that's a big if. Can he play the full 16 games? Um, so that's the risk associated with this price. Uh, you know, like you said, those guys, I, I have them ranked, I have them ranked ahead of him as well. So I haven't been able to get much of him, but, um, you know, if you can tr- somehow acquire him cheap or maybe you play in a home league or, you know, your league mates, they they're really, really sleeping on A.J. Green because they haven't heard his name for like three years. And so, you know, in their mind, they, maybe they just looked the list and they saw he was at the bottom of it. So, you know, whatever I would I would be in on A.J. Green. Um But, yeah, like you said, those receivers around him. I I guess I just can't be in yeah. at, the, at that just, in that in that price range. Just
1: drafting a league where there's eleven other people like me, so you could get AJ Green <laughs> <laughs> pretty late <laughs> <laughs> in a good situation.
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay, so um Another one I wrote down, I I didn't even I I didn't even know we'd have we would we maybe wouldn't have to talk about it because I wasn't was not expecting you to put Will Fuller in your breakout. Oh yeah. Like you could have you could have gave me like fifteen names and I never would have named Will Fuller. You could have gave me twenty names, I never <laughs> would have named Will Fuller. Um so Will Fuller go off the board, wide receiver thirty five, Brandon Cooks right before him as wide receiver thirty four, and then we got Randall Cobb undrafted. We clearly know where you're going i i know where i'm going i'm going will fuller as well um you know i just at this li- this late like yes i know he's not he might not play you know he might not play the f- the full season maybe he won't even play half the season but those weeks where he does play uh th- those are like wide receiver potential top five of the week yeah, man uh games that he's gonna play so um you know Brandon Cooks. Yes, I get it. He's got a thousand yards for basically every team he's played for for the last three, uh, four years or three, three thousand yard seasons with like four different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I I get that. Uh, so or f- yeah, I'm, I I might have messed that stat up, but whatever. Uh, so, but I, either way, I'm going Will Fuller. Uh, I think Randall Cobb is intriguing though because he's undrafted. Um, we know that historically, uh even last year or with uh Kiki Cootie or DeAndre Carter, whoever played in that slot role for Deshaun Watson will get targets. So even if you're like, oh, I don't know if I want Randall uh Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller, I think Randall Cobb's role is, is defined either way. What do you what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I like that. I like uh Randall Cobb as far as like, you know, give you that kinda like Cole Beasley outputs, you know, where he can be a consistent um uh, give you a consistent number as, a, like, a low-end flex um, and definitely be on the waiver wire for, you know, a guy you can pick up because um, I think he'll be there. And also, if he's on teams, I think you can slide him in. Um, and you know his his output, I think, will get you, uh, get like, seven to nine points. So I like what Randall Cobb a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. um All right, man, let's talk about some rookies, man. So Henry Ruggs, he's getting some pub right now. There's obviously Jerry Judy, C D Lamb. Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, Van Jefferson, Denzel Mims. Greg, any of these guys you're most interested in, or which of these guys are you most interested in, I should uh,
1: say? Rookie receivers. Uh, you know, there were you know, some good ones last year. So uh, I think I do like Henry Ruggs. I do like Henry Ruggs a lot um, as far as <clears throat> receivers coming out, even like as, from a football perspective. And I think he will, you know, handle his business on in fantasy. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'm buying any of these rookie receivers. Far probably Jalen Rager as well. Uh, definitely, uh, mm-hmm. just because one Marquis good one uh, opted out for the year, and also you know the Eagles' receivers is you know very limited. Uh, and Allshae All still on the pup. Uh, oh, oh yep, Allshae still in the pup. There's a lot of injuries every year with this whole roster usually. So. I think Jalen Renner could step into a potential wide receiver one role. So I think, you know, actually thinking about it more, I will buy Jalen Reger and Henry Ruggs.
0: Yeah, I mean as long as you know what you're getting with Henry Ruggs, you know, I think I like you said, from a football perspective, this guy is is, is he's lights out. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think the role that he might play, uh, could be a little volatile. You know, there might be some Tyreek Hill weeks or some some, you know, uh Marquise Brown weeks where it's either he's gonna score 20 points or he'll score two points, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but they, recent news did come out that they're planning to start him in the slot, which is then bad news for Hunter Renfro. But, um, you know, Henry Ruggs in the slot is definitely more intriguing now. Uh, Cause we know, we know that Derek Carr uh, doesn't necessarily um, throw the ball down the field that all that often. He's a dink and he likes to dink and dunk in this, in this John Gruden offense. So if, if Henry Ruggs is playing in the slot, that you know those are easier targets for him, and then he's he's got that breakaway speed where he can he can make a move and, and do something with it. Um Justin Jefferson, intriguing. I, I did love him coming out, but then with the with you know him ended up on the COVID reserve list and I mean he's off of it now, but you know, that's definitely something that uh you know gives me some trepidation there. Uh, Jalen Rager, like you talked about, uh, yeah, I'm I'm all in on Jalen Rager for year, as a year one wide receiver. But the guy that I think more and more about, man, and, you know, obviously you know I love Brandon Ayuk, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Michael Pittman, man, he's a guy that I like since maybe two weeks, not two weeks ago, two months ago. I've been more and more looking at Michael Pittman just because you know you're talking about a guy who's six five, two hundred and thirty pounds. Um, he fits. He fits that mold of, you know, the Phillip Rivers wide receiver. Um, you know, you think about a guy like Mike Williams. You think about a Tyrell Williams. You think about a, a Malcolm Floyd or a Vincent Brown um, or Vincent Jackson. I mean, you know, uh, Michael Pittman fits that mold. And then you add this T.Y. News where, you know, T.Y.'s got the hamstring. Um, I think it's just more opportunities for Michael Pittman. Obviously, Paris Campbell is still there. So that's that's one of those guys that you have to be concerned about when uh when, if you do go the Michael Pittman route, but he's definitely somebody that intrigues me for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I'm on board if, I could be on board for that, especially with you know, my bus being TY Hilton. Someone's gotta step up uh and, and you mm-hmm. know take this role, especially when games when TY are out. Zach Pascal had the opportunity last year and he, you know, didn't do much with it. So I think Flop Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah, Michael Pittman is the opportunity is there and uh we you know the talent is there. So I, I like I like that a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think when I'm in drafts, I, I will look to to walk away with with one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to get I'm not trying to load my roster up with a ton of them. This isn't a dynasty league, but um, in terms of redraft, I I will I will leave with one of these guys. It's just a matter of, of which one I leave with.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, other than that, I mean, the deep sleepers I'm looking at uh, is Curtis Samuel and Preston Williams. So I just wanted to mention that. I think Curtis Samuel. We talked about him. Being a red zone guy <laughs> for the amount of air yards he was getting, uh, that that correlation was crazy. So uh, I think Curtis Samuel going in round thirteen, wide receiver fifty eight right now, and then Preston Williams going right after him, my wide receiver fifty nine. I think both these guys, as far as deep sleeper and late late in value, I think you can scoop them up and they could potentially be uh, consistent flexes, maybe or down the down the line.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you listened to us last year, you know that we we loved um, we loved what's his name, Preston Williams. Yep. yep. Um, you know, we I feel like you know we were goo goo gaga over him for like several weeks yep. before he tore his ACL. He was
1: taking off in <laughs> that game too when he tore his ACL too. Crazy.
0: Yeah, I think there was one game where I was like, "Yo, this guy is six five and he's returning punts," <laughs> 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 like so. Yeah, I'm all I'm all in on, on Preston Williams. Obviously the the you know, the the ACL injury, that's a little bit concerning, but depending on where he is, I think the price that you're getting him out now, he's outside the wide receiver fifty. Um, you know, with Allen Robinson, Allen or Allen Hearns and Albert Wilson opting out. Uh, that's more targets available for him as well. Um so yeah, I, I like that. And then Curtis Samuel, man, yeah, he's he's somebody that Um, he's somebody that I think has a ton of potential, especially in this offense. This new offense is going to be led by Joe Brady. Mm -hmm. I know we talked about him a little bit in the quarterback episode when we touched on Teddy Bridgewater. But I think Curtis Samuel, you know, he he will be used more in space this year. That's the kind of player that he is. Um, And just to kind of put in perspective the year that he had last year, um, of the 18 players last year to have amassed over 1,400 air yards, Curtis Samuel was one of just two players to have not reached a thousand receiving yards. Crazy. He had just six hundred and twenty-seven receiving yards. Again, that that stat blows my mind. Um, air yards eventually led to touchdown, lead to touchdowns and and long touchdowns at that. Curtis Samuel was averaging average six point eight receiving yards on his six touchdowns with this, <laughs> which with the longest being just thirteen yards. Yeah, he was the
1: red zone <laughs> like, touchdown monster. Actually, like he was just. You can get, you know, almost say, hey, another, I remember texting you every time, like, oh, another red zone touchdown by Curtis Samuel. Ridiculous.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it's crazy to me. Um, Some other guys I have down as as deep sleepers, um, Emmanuel Sanders is one of them. Uh, He's going off his board as wide receiver 40. Uh, You know, maybe he finishes in the wide receiver three territory, but I think he's a guy that makes a ton of sense um, as, you know, potential uh, fill-in a bi week fill in or a flex option. If you, if you you know struggling with injuries, obviously we know the Saints are going to be in in a, a ton of shootouts, especially playing in the NFC South. And he's got uh, Michael Thomas on the other side of him pulling coverage. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is is in a really nice spot. Um, and then Jamison Crowder is another one, man. I mean, he's gone to the board as wide receiver fifty. That's just that's that Jet stink. Um, but you know he's he's. I think he's somebody that has wide receiver 3 upside as well. Um, you know, you're talking about the guy that's going to be the top target for Sam Darnold. I mean, he was the top target target for Sam Darnold at points last year. Um, and you know, I think there was that 14 target yeah, game against crazy. or 14 catch game against Buffalo where he saw 17 targets or something like that. Um, and you know, with the Jets obviously going to be find themselves in a lot of negative game script uh, only projected to win six games this year uh jameson crowder i think is going to see a lot of those underneath targets he actually led the jets in in red zone targets as well which was kind of odd for somebody who's five seven or five eight
1: i like that i like that though (laughs) yeah i would think it would be probably Le'Veon or something like that but yeah i I like that a lot red zone targets are a stat i pay attention to a lot
0: yeah man um Maybe he doesn't get that number this year with Chris Herndon and Denzel Mims in the picture, but you know he's definitely got the the safe upside, especially if you play in a full point PPR league or a half point PPR league. Um, again, everyone listening, that this receiver episode is totally contingent on your league format. Um, you know if if you hear if you play in a full point PPR league or if you play in standard, uh, depending on how many targets these guys get or how many targets you heard us projecting them for and just move them up or down a spot. If you know, if if you're in full point PPR, move those guys that are getting more targets, getting more catches, move them up a couple of spots. Uh, if you play in standard, uh, move the move them down or move the guys that aren't, or, or if they're if you're playing standard, then it's more about yards and touchdowns mm-hmm. necessarily. Yep. So, um, all right, Greg. Uh, you got anything else to add to this to this wide receiver breakdown? I wish we could go on more because there's there's guys I, I want to talk about, but we just don't have time.
1: Yeah, we we can go on and on, uh, especially guys I would take before T. By Hilton. But nah, I think <laughs> I think this is uh, <laughs> we think we covered it all. I think we we got a, a good amount of wide receiver position players, values, spots. Uh, I'm very confident with these wide receivers that we talked about today.
0: Yeah, man. So, you know. Next week we got the tight end, the tight end breakdown. So make sure you want to come back for that. Absolutely going to want to come back for that. And that's the last one of the year, man, uh, of the breakdowns. But um, you know, everyone, well, you know, that's it for the, that's it for this episode. Just hope that you all enjoyed it. And please, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe or follow the podcast wherever it is that you're listening. If on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and write us a review. It definitely goes a long way in helping us out. And again, it's absolutely free. Or, you know, if you just want to leave us five stars, that also helps as well. And then make sure you're following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FF Diagnostics. And make sure you're following Greg on Instagram at we underscore made it. And then make sure you can follow, you can follow me on both platforms at JRFootballNerd. And thanks for listening, everyone. And as always, we are out. Yeah.